my son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Never a doubt. The Mariners in Kansas City came away with the win last night. Day before, not so much. There is so much to talk about on episode 21 of the Hit It Here podcast. Most importantly, Joe, how are you? I'm great, man. I'm doing a lot better than I would have been had game two against the Royals gone a different way, which it very well could have based around the last like 36 hours of Mariners baseball. I feel like it's been it's been a roller coaster. So what? What did I text you about this podcast about in the ninth inning? What did I text it was you? It was in the ninth inning, I think right before Seawald walked Wit to get Massey on, right? Seawald. All Seawald still on the team? Oh, Lord. I'm having that. <laughs> Maybe I just want him back. Munoz got the bases loaded. I think that's when it happened. You said we're remember. boycotting the pod if they lose this game or if they give up something. And then I put my phone down, put it on a charger, went and took a cold shower. Cause I, I made a thumbnail. Down. Yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it was one of the, it's one of those ones where it certainly was a game of all time for the Seattle mm-hmm. Mariners. Mm-hmm. And you think you know you get a big offensive explosion from the team. It felt like Tao went five for five. You get a massive home run from Ty France. Like hit it astronomically far. It feels like you get Josh Rojas's first home run as a Mariner. You just get good offensive production and you squander it with lackluster pitching performance. Something that you don't love to see. And speaking of things that you love to see, Breaking T has come out with some brand new shirts, including the J-Rod Show and the You Love to See It shirt. Be sure to click the link in the description down below. Grab one of these shirts who are helping us out and they're really comfortable. You know what you don't love to see though? Is that it's not time for Paul Seawall to pitch. I already hear you guys in the comments. Oh, goodness gracious. I hear you guys in the comments. Yeah. Well, would be nice if the Mariners had a proven closer in that bullpen. It it would. I don't don't disagree with you. You're (laughs) right. But at the same time, would you be in any of these situations without the guys you got in those strikes? No, probably not. There is no no 10th inning against the Orioles the other day without Dom Canzone's home run off the windows. The Mariners, you know, in the, the second game against the Royals, 
Yet, I mean, granted, Josh Rojas, you know, had an error and arguably a second one where he didn't make the catch on the ball to right field. But he also had a two-run home run. Otherwise, the Mariners would have not had that game tied up at any. You got to give something to get something. And the Mariners gave away their greatest strength, which was their bullpen. You could argue it was the rotation, just pitching in general. Yeah. To get help their greatest weakness, which was the offense. And the offense, for what it's worth, has been a lot better recently. I have some stats here right now. So far in the month of August, so right after the trade deadline, the Mariners are hitting 260, 338, 449 with a 787 OPS. That's much better than the month before that. Actually, keep talking, Joe. I'm going to see if I can find the month before that. I mean, it's no Atlanta Braves with like a 130 WRC plus right along with the Murderers Row Yankees. It's where the Rangers were at the beginning of the year. It's no offensive production like that. But from where we were earlier in the year with guys like Colton Wong getting regular at bats at the very beginning of the year with like Tommy LaStella, we have come a long way. There are still holes in the lineup. That's for sure. We can't be, you know perfect we can't be those teams that are smashing the ball right now because we're still employing mike ford at the moment but the month of june for the mariners they hit 230 308 394 with a 701 ops in july obviously the mariners had a better month i think they hit right around 240 in that month but obviously the 260 they put up so far in august there's still time for that to change obviously Mm -hmm. is way better also if you hear a sound in the background and my voice sounds weird it's hot yeah, I was sweating bullets watching the Mariners game. I have my AC on. It was like 97. For those of you in the Seattle area, you know that it was hot as balls yesterday. Nonetheless, we have, we've talked a lot of smack to the people saying, shouldn't have traded Paul Seawall, blah, blah, blah. But let's play devil's advocate a little bit here. Because, again, while the offense has been much better, the bullpen has been much worse. Yeah. That includes Andres Munoz, Matt Brash, etc. And in our members-only Discord, you can click join down below to become a member of that Discord. Code Red asked, what do you think of the Mariners? closer role at the moment it seems that we don't have a reliable guy for this with Munoz and Brash struggling at times Joe where are you at with the bullpen right now what's going through your mind anger just pure hatred not really you know there's they've put they've been put into situations where they've succeeded in the past and it hasn't gone their way this time I know this was Matt Brash's first I think big blunder of a of an outing in the first game in a while he's been very consistent since he kind of settled back down kind of maybe saw his role change a little bit but now his role is being changed back into more high leverage the ninth inning is his biggest issue i want to say i can't remember who tweeted it it was after the game yesterday but he's got like a an era north of nine in the 10 in, in the ninth inning so keep him away from it maybe he's scared you know seven eight nine right keep him away from it you know put him in the eighth inning or something i don't know he can have high leverage just not when it matters the most at the end of the game munoz get that boy some go get him go get him out of the game i understand that your bullpen is short you've got a long stretch of games ahead scott service i understand that but you've got two guys in your pen that didn't throw any pitches today i understand that you're not going to go to Ryder ryan and you're not going to go to trent thornton you're not going to those guys. However, you've got Taylor Saucedo, a guy that probably should have been in there instead of Trent Thornton in that third game against Baltimore, who I think pitched in game one, right? Or no? Yes. I think he did, yeah. Pitched in game one against Rose, but not a lot. I think he it was minimal. He definitely could have gone out there earlier than he did in game two. Maybe not have Andres Munoz throw his career high in pitches at like 44 pitches or whatever it ended up being. Gives up the lead. 
all his confidence is shot by the way at this point probably you're not going to see him until the houston series which is where we'll probably need him most you have shattered andres munoz and what his role should be with this outing should it continue to be a compounding error an issue in the future in my opinion mm -hmm. And that's on Scott, or it, maybe it's on Woodworth, the pitching coach, for not being like, hey, go get him now. Get him out, because he doesn't have it. Even Goldsmith on the broadcast was saying, like, oh, his velo's down. His velo's been down, I feel like, for a good bit. He's not pumping 103. I think the highest I've seen him pump is 101, and then it's steady 98. That's fast. That's really fast. But it's not what we saw out of Munoz before. And it's not what you need for the slider to be as enticing when it's not bending as much. It's not having as much depth and it's kind of just hanging out over the edge of the zone and they're not biting on it. Granted, the Royals, I'm going to take a, a word out of Jay's, you know, Trident podcast, little Twitter vocabulary. The Royals are spitting on pitches that anybody on the Mariners would be swinging at. Shout out Jay. Go subscribe to his channel. But crazy. Just not working for Munoz. So get Munoz, just give him some mental health days. Get, you know, let him put in some, some sick time. Don't see him until Houston. And your ninth inning guy should be Justin Topa going forward until Munoz is like, I'm ready to go back out there. Yeah. And, and what you were saying before, obviously Munoz throwing more pitches than he ever has in the game before so far in August. I don't know if this is updated through today's game or yesterday's game, but nonetheless, uh, at the time of recording this, it says he's pitched six innings in August. I feel like there's more than that at this point. Mm -hmm. um, he's faced 27 batters, again, more than that probably at this point, which is yeah, it's coming up already on his second highest in both categories so far this year. And sure, you know, he was injured earlier in the year, so he's ramping up towards the end of the season, which is, I feel like, a normal thing. But mm -hmm. when he, he just, he didn't have it. He didn't have the put away stuff that you needed him to have in that inning. And it should have been evident as soon as traffic started to accumulate. Sure, you can let one or two go. Three, four, a hit, everything else in between. Go get him. I understand yeah. you want to have a longer leash because the way your schedule is set up, but you just can't afford to, you can't afford to lose games like this right now. Mm -hmm. And I have been a big defender of Scott's service. I always have been, but mm -hmm. this has been on him lately. It, it truly has. The last... The last four games from the Mariners, keep in mind the fact that they were in those two games versus the Orioles, fantastic, in my opinion. The fact that they were in those two games. Because the yeah. Orioles, in my opinion, offensively are a much better ball club than the Seattle Mariners, easily. Mm -hmm. But the Mariners were in all those games and they made it close. And it was actually the bullpen that lost them those games, except for obviously game two where the Mariners scored zero runs off of Cole Irvin, a pitcher like that. But the bullpen has seen a lot of action and a lot of moving parts since the departure of Paul Seawald. And like you said, Andres Munoz, he needs some days. I think going forward, the ninth inning needs to be between Topa and Spire. If you want to work matchups, I think I, I don't, I do not understand why Gabe Spire is pitching like the sixth inning. For every, you. every single time he's the first like, arm out of the pen, pretty much. Yeah. Get that guy into high leverage. He has been that good. Yeah. Get him into high leverage until he proves he can't do it. And Saucedo's, Saucedo's the same. Yeah. Saucedo's been really good. Mm -hmm. And so it just makes no sense to me that you're relying on Brash and Munoz, who have both been overworked. Brash, at least before the game on Tuesday, had the, thrown the most games in all of baseball with 59. Yeah. No one else had thrown more games than him in all of baseball. Yeah. He's overworked. So is Andres Munoz. I get that they are the high leverage strikeout guys, but Justin Topa and Gabe Spire. They're getting outs right now. Those are the guys you need to rely on. 
And it leads us to an interesting question with the rest of the series, because like you said, so game game three versus the Royals, you have Luis Castillo on the mound versus a to be announced, has not been announced yet, probably an opener of some kind for the Royals. Uh, an already taxed bullpen for the Royals. Hopefully Castillo can give you length. You need Castillo to give you length in game three. Yes. I don't know if a bullpen move gets made before today's game. Mm-hmm. But I would not be shocked one bit, especially if Castillo only goes six, if there's a bullpen move before game four. The thing that I have an issue with with a bullpen move for this one is who do you send down? Mm-hmm. Because the two guys that are most likely to get sent down or, you know, op, you know, optioned Isaiah Campbell and Ryder Ryan did not pitch in game two. So realistically, they're going to be the first arms out of the pen should it be an appropriate situation for them. Obviously, Matt Brash not pitching game two, so he is the premier arm that service will likely want to use in a situation where it's necessary against the Royals in game three. So I agree, you know, you want Castillo to go at least, you you want, I feel like you have to have him go seven. Mm -hmm. Six is like pushing it to where it's like, okay, like how are you going to dance around this one again, right? And if the offense comes out and drops another seven head on them, whatever, Great. You just have let to Castillo eat it. If he's got pitches, let him eat it at that point. Sure. Like, yeah. If he's, if, if, he, if, runs, if, he's, if, he's if he's been efficient and you know, he's, he's still getting outs. Like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but the move probably won't come over tonight where, you know, after we're, we're done recording this, it'll probably have to happen after game three, where you're sending down Campbell to bring up Baroa, or you're sending down Ryan to bring up maybe even a Riley O'Brien. I think Devin sweet pitched in the game yesterday. You know, in the same day that this game two happened, I think he was pitching. I I, I saw a highlight on Twitter. Okay, sounds good to me. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you have no idea. <laughs> and it's just you, corresponding moves. You will probably need to make them because we saw the last time the Mariners had a huge stretch of games. Those moves happened in the pen because the arms got used. It's gonna happen. It's just the guys that you should send down you can't because they're the most viable arms out of your pen going to game three. Yeah, and that's the hardest part. Again. You're playing the Royals, which somehow have been the hardest team to beat in all of baseball for the Mariners. They're so what? annoying. Kauffman Stadium is literally a house of horrors for the Seattle Mariners. We thought, we thought, well, I'm not going to say it. We thought it was Minute Maid because they go to Minute Maid after this. But so far, they've been good at Minute Maid this year. Yeah. I hate Kauffman Stadium. I hate it. It's the worst. It's the absolute worst. A lot of people really like it because it's very pretty with the fountains I, and stuff. You know? I'm sure it is, but my goodness, the Mariners play like poo-poo caca there. Yeah. So, I don't know. You're playing the Royals, so you have to hope. They're not going to lay down and die. They've proved that, obviously. The Mariners were up seven, and realistically... Dude. Let's talk talk about game two a little bit more. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. My son had a gift with technology. 
with reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program. The world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a Remax agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Let's talk about the we're talking about the five run inning. Well, I want to start it off by saying I think Emerson Hancock has been surprisingly good. He didn't have a lot of swing and miss, but I don't think the Royals are really a big swing and miss mm -hmm. team. You know, they're very nitty gritty, grind out at bats, kind of put the ball in play and beat you with speed, which they did in game one and almost did it in game two. Mm -hmm. They literally ran into an out that helped save the game for the Mariners game two. Um, yeah, I. So I didn't see the plays where uh, that put Hancock into a jam where Bobby Witt comes up with the bases loaded. But the, the big the big one there is the pop up that neither Rojas or Teo got to that okay. should have been caught would have got them out of the inning no harm no foul sure and then that so is that the the next at bat then Bobby Wood Jr. I don't remember exactly the sequence mm -hmm. all I know is that there should have been three I don't know if that was supposed to be the first out what have you sure but at, uh, all at some I know point, is three that, outs would have been had had that play been made Bobby Wood Jr. would have never come to the plate with the bases loaded got it yeah it's I don't know I think. Hancock did what he was supposed to do, just the team did not help him out. They helped him out offensively. They, you know, got him to a position where he could probably win a game, but the defense behind him in that inning let him down, and then subsequently the bullpen also let him down. I think you're not wrong in saying that Hancock has been surprisingly good. He's been decent. He's been serviceable. I think we'll be excited to have Wu come back soonish. I think sometime next week is the timetable on that. It sucks that Marco's out the rest of the year. Have him back in 2024 whenever he's ready. But yeah, I think Hancock did what he was supposed to do. It's just Bobby Wood Jr.'s on a heater. Shouldn't have even been up in the first place. Person Hancock's been good at baseball so far. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I don't. I've been you can't, surprised. I don't think sure you could complain about giving up a grand slam. I don't think there's outside of that one pitch. I don't really know if there's this overwhelmingly thing that you can be like, oh, he hasn't had it. You know, I don't even think you can complain about the Grand Slam. I mean, I it's Rojas or Teo's fault. And sure. it's the fact that Bobby Wood Jr. is good at baseball's fault. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's the same thing like Sal Perez's home run against Logan Gilbert in the first game. That splitter or whatever, splitter or slider, I can't remember. It was low a splitter. Yeah. Low he had no business hitting that out. Especially to dead center. Sal Perez is just hella strong. I don't know. Like, if you're in that situation... You probably don't want to have to go to the bullpen early, but do you go to a guy there at four and two thirds to try and change up Bobby Wood Jr.'s like approach? 
I don't know who you go to because you can't really call on Brash, I don't think. He's too spent. You don't want to waste Topa that early. It's either Campbell, Ryder Ryan, or Trent Thornton. Yeah, and do you have more faith in those guys than you do Emerson Hancock to probably, get Bobby Wood Jr. out? Probably, probably not. not. So yeah. it's a coin flip, I think, in that situation, and it just didn't it didn't land on on the right side for Emerson Hancock. Mm -hmm. I so it's interesting because the Mariners are they're nine and four in the month of August. And if I would have told you before the month of August that the Mariners' first thirteen games they were gonna start nine and four, you would have been thrilled. Yeah. You would have been super excited that they were nine and four. But it's because of the of how they lost the fact that they followed up an eight game winning streak with a heartbreaking three game losing streak where they could have won all three games. Yep. Mariners very easily could be on a 12 game winning streak right now. Very mm -hmm. easily, especially that that last game against the Orioles, the Dom Canzone home run, Cedric Mullins robbing that home run like you were this close that that close at least six inches that close to winning that game. And then, of course, you know, the one nothing game is we don't want to talk about that game, but yeah. you could be 12 and one. Yes, you could be 12 and one in August right now, but you're not. And that's just the way it works out. But the fact is, of the matter is the Mariners over the past 30, 45 days are playing their best baseball. Yeah. It's fact of the matter. Yeah. I mean, they are still one of the best teams in baseball right now. Yeah. You, you follow up June, their worst month. They went nine and 15 with their best month in July and then on track to have another best month in August. It's the right time to be hot. I said it right before we started recording that the three losses are just the worst placed because of you're coming off an eight game win streak and it's just three tough losses all in a row. If you flip the nine to two victory to either game two or game three against Baltimore, the outlook on those three losses so far, it you know, not so far of the four losses in August, is I it it the the narrative behind it would be so much different I think, because you start off Baltimore on a high nine to two you're like oh we can take it to Baltimore every single game this series, and then you don't, and then it's a not necessarily a struggle because it was close in the following two games but they're heartbreaking games to lose if you have a heartbreaker come back and bounce back nine to two and then have another heartbreaker it's not nearly as weighted I feel like in terms of the narrative ball that is mariners twitter where it's the world is ending and the world's on fire and i don't get me wrong i was i was mad in game one the bunt got down dylan moore failed to field the ground ball i immediately picked up my remote turned off the tv and went and put away dishes you know how mad and un just not wanting to live life i gotta be to put away dishes like that that's 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 an all-time low that's an all-time low for me you know why I mean? is dylan moore playing first base in that turn i don't who do you who would you rather go to dom, dom can zone give or him, even mike ford i don't care i think ford not dylan moore sam haggerty dylan moore or sam haggerty uh, uh, do i have to choose yes tom murphy okay <laughs> tom, murphy, tom murphy hurt probably i mean cal's played I think five games in a row, all Tom hasn't done anything. Long, yeah. grueling games, a bunch of extras, long at bats, long, just awful on Cal's knees. He's mm. gonna need a day off soon. And speaking of injuries, let's talk a little bit before we wrap up here about the injuries to the teams in front of the Mariners. Oh, because Jose Altuve 
is out. He came out with a knee contusion in uh, Tuesday's game. Mm. Not sure how serious it is. As far as I know, it has not been talked about yet. And then obviously another team that's in front of you, which is the Tampa Bay Rays, they have what's going on with Wander Franco. Shane McClanahan out for the year, which we kind of already assumed. Yeah, the, the Rays aren't playing their best ball. You're going in to play the Astros after this series with the Royals. And then you'll be playing the Rays in the next road trip, I believe. And who knows who comes back at what point. I know Bo Bichette's coming back soon for mm-hmm. the um, Blue Jays. For the Blue Jays. Blue Jays have played well. And the problem is the Mariners, even after winning the second game in Kansas City, they didn't gain any ground. They're still two back of the Blue Jays. Yeah. And still the same amount back that they were from Houston. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it's not a huge they kept pace, which is what matters, especially as these guys go into harder parts of their schedule. But you would like to see them they, they made up a lot of ground, but you'd like to see them now with their hot stretch they're on, see the teams in front of you start to falter a little bit and you start to gain ground with, to be rewarded for the good baseball, eh, good-ish baseball you've been playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. the Blue Jays also got Jordan Romano back in yesterday's game and he closed out a 2-1 to win for them against the Phillies. Mm-hmm. You know, tooth and nails, close game there. Keeping an eye on every single Blue Jays game right now. But yeah, I think the Altuve injury could be big. It was, you know, big at the beginning of the year as well. Same time when they lost Jordan. So that's another one to definitely because they're not that the Astros are not that far ahead. You know, they're right, within, they're three and a half games ahead of the Mariners. Yeah, the so it's it's within striking distance. The same way the Blue Jays are within striking distance. Mm-hmm. So there's moments to to seize some opportunities, if you will. However. The Blue Jays and the Astros, they're both very, very good teams. They're teams that can fight through adversity, and they've shown that by losing guys for some periods of time throughout the season and still being ahead of us right now. And we could say the same thing because we've lost two pitchers, maybe even three if you want to count trading Paul Seawald as an injury. But <laughs> it hurts my heart. But, you know, losing Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez and then Brian Wu, Phantom IL, whatever. We've fought through those as well the biggest one in my opinion is jp that's the biggest one like you need him back so bad because he sets the table for you he is i mean he has like a 379 obp on the year Mm -hmm. one of the best shortstops in all of baseball in 2023 getting him back from the concussion il is going to be pivotal for this team because if you think about so yesterday's game for example he would have been at shortstop and then either josh rojas or whatever is at second base the fact of the matter is if you don't trade paul seawald you just have to deal with caballero or wong over there at second base like we have been all year Mm -hmm. so the fact that they traded for rojas gives you the option to move someone over to shortstop but you still want jp back and in the end if that means when whenever he comes back allegedly he's feeling better he's on the right track i don't know if that means he's going to come back at the seven day mark because concussions are so hard to predict but it would be the final game against kansas city i don't know would it yeah so that would be the first day if anything i think we see him in houston i don't think he would travel like if he's not with the team right now i don't know if he's in the clubhouse or the dugout or anything but if anything i think the first game we'd see him back is against houston if he's ready to go and I, i agree i you know completely went over my head thinking about jp crawford which is incredible because i've got his jersey hanging up behind me uh i've been staring at it for the majority of this podcast yeah he's you you're missing him a ton you really are as even as a guy that could go out and maybe settle down andres munoz and be like hey you got this throw me a ground ball we'll turn two 
end the game. Something mm-hmm. along those lines, just to rally the troops, essentially, to keep the guys' heads on straight. And, yeah. you know, there have been moments where, like, Cal's gone out there for an extra mound visit, it feels like, to try and sell, do the same same thing. And Cal, great leadership qualities as well. You are missing J.P. Crawford still, even with guys coming into their roles like that. And you're even missing his bat this year. I mean, obviously, you, you'll never be able to know, but would the Mariners have won one of those three games they lost in a row with J.P. Crawford? It's entirely possible. That's just how close those games were. Putting J.P. Crawford over there instead of Dylan Moore or Jose Caballero, mm-hmm. you're already adding a much better player at that position. And Caballero had a good day at the plate in game two. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah. You know, it's just, I think there's give and take with every single side to this argument because it is J.P. Crawford. We've seen what he's produced for us, and it's hard to argue against the fact that he would put us into a better winning position, I think, at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Yeah. I agree with that. And winning the next two games against KC, I think is pivotal, but we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. That is going to do it for this episode of the Hit It Here podcast. We appreciate you guys checking out this one. Mariners taking on the Royals tonight. See you guys soon and go Mariners. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. I'm Cindy Lauper. My psoriasis was all over, even on my scalp, which may mean four times the risk for psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix works on both. Cosentix secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis 300 milligram dose and adults with active psoriatic arthritis 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or one Cosentix. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Selling smoothies is what I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my state farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.